Hi, and welcome to the Small Business Sisters podcast. If you're new here, we're Jenny and Christina, two actual real-life sisters who both happen to start their own small businesses. If you're here, you're probably a woman small business owner who is running a lot of the show by herself. Over the last eight years, we've each been in business. We've had to discover a lot of business owning on the fly. We know that running a business, a household, and maintaining mental health can be challenging because we've shed a lot of tears over it. Thankfully, we've always had each other to ask all the questions, bounce off all the ideas, and just have someone on the other end who gets it. And that's why we're here. That's why we started this podcast, to help other small business owners who are doing it all feel less alone. We talk about business strategy, our mental health journey, and all that falls in between. We're glad you're here to join our sisterhood. Hey, everybody. We are back. Christina is back in Texas. Jenny is still in her house in Illinois. So we are back into the routine of things. We are trying to apply the things that we talked about last week about our summer routine. I did a time audit, Jen, when I got home. And that was so good to do. So now I'm trying to figure out when to insert all of those things. So um, hopefully everyone's summers are off to a great start. I know traveling, you're going to be traveling this summer, uh, maybe taking a few days off to go to the water park, whatever you plan on doing. Hopefully you're able to still intermix your business and your home life. And hopefully that episode helped. Yeah, I think I'm still like working through some of my time audit stuff, but it's been really helpful just to I think it's just really good to have an idea of what you'd work on all day because I think we think maybe we're doing something else than we're actually doing. So for me, it's helpful to be like, oh, yeah, I'm spending the majority of time making my product, which for me is good right now. (laughs) (laughs) So you need to be doing. Um, Okay, before we get started, you want to read a review? Yeah, yeah. So I picked a review. And this one is actually not a small business owner because I did want to highlight, like we've talked about our sister Ellie that religiously listens to the podcast and we love that. And we love our listeners that don't necessarily have small businesses, but like really relate to the real life womanhood, maybe motherhood stuff of just like doing it all. So shout out to those listeners Mm -hmm. that maybe aren't actively in a small business, or but you have people you care about that are, or you just like, I don't know, that stuff interests you. So we're glad you're here. So this podcast is from Julie Marcotte, and she's actually a friend of Christina and I, like, from infancy, right? She, our moms were college. I love that she listens. I know, and she, and she has been like she has had a small business, correct? I don't know if she's still actively Mm -hmm. doing it, but she is a maker. So I like that. Like Mm -hmm. there are makers that listen that maybe it's not their business, but that they still listen because there's stuff for them. So thank you for listening. Yeah, and she could pick it back up anytime. Exactly. If she wanted to. And so her title is This Podcast is Joy, which I love because, fun fact, Joy is my middle name. Okay, so she says, Mm -hmm. whether you have a small business or not, Jenny and Christina do such a great job talking about life and business and inviting you into their sisterhood. You can just feel their warmth as you listen. It's wonderful. They give really great advice on navigating all the challenges of small business ownership. This is a must-listen podcast. I will never miss an episode. Thanks, Julie. Love. 
Yeah. Thanks, we love all of you, our listeners. And thank you for those of you that have taken the time to write a review. It's really helpful to us. That's how the mm-hmm. algorithm like puts the podcast out in people's, you know, search and browse. Right. I think too, maybe it, this podcast episode today, we're going to be talking about things we wish we would have known when we first started, but maybe at the end we can do like a really tiny for those people that don't have small businesses, maybe like a, what we wish we knew before we were boy moms or something yeah. like a fun, fun kind of ending. Yeah. I like that. Cause we're kind of veterans in that now too. Oh, I am a veteran. <laughs> just kidding. You are. I'm just kidding. You have one no, going to I, yeah, but there's a whole nother realm. I am definitely am not a veteran in. Yeah, you're not a veteran to like college suits, but you, we're both veterans to like having boys. Yeah. And going through. Yeah, and the baby toddler, toddler with boys. Preschool ages. So we'll finish we'll finish with that because there's probably some funny ones that <laughs> we wish we would have known before we were boy moms. Okay, so we are going to Jenny started Illuminate Space in like twenty fifteen ish. Yeah, like the end of twenty sixteen. And I started Beautiful Chaos in 2015. And I only know that year so well because I had just had Oliver. So my youngest Sun is like the age of beautiful chaos because that's when I, I started dabbling, dabbling and sewing and Etsy shop owning. So we're just going to kind of go through and say certain things that we wish we would have known, but then also about that subject, the like best thing we've learned about that subject in owning our small businesses. So Jen, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Um, You can start. Okay. The number one thing that I wish I would have known when I opened, I mean, Etsy makes it so easy to just open a shop, which is awesome because you get to put your stuff out there. But not knowing all the back end stuff, uh, I wish I had known all the tax stuff. Yeah. So um, I wish I would have known to not only charge tax because that wasn't happening, but uh, setting aside taxes when I would get paid. Yeah. Paid out. That's a good one. I feel like kind of in the same realm, I wish, and I started to do this like two years into my business. I wish I would have sat down and tracked my numbers right away and set goals from those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um Cause I just kind of like went into it willy nilly, like making stuff, selling it and being like, oh my gosh, I sold a hundred dollars of things, but not really accounting for what I, what time did I put into that? What were my product Mm -hmm. cost or the materials cost? So I'm very grateful I did start doing that, but it would have been even more helpful to do that right away and really like start Mm -hmm. snowballing that profit into um I don't know just like better business decisions and moving forward because I think I kind of stayed in the hobby part for a while just because I didn't know Mm -hmm. yeah I would add to that too I uh mine was like buying inventory Mm -hmm. like I didn't know how much to buy what to buy uh what sizes to buy how to streamline that. And so I feel like I wasted a lot of money on just inventory. Right, right. Or even like... Which then made the profit lot less. Right. And following... And I think all these things we're saying 
we have started to learn. So it's it's weird to like go back. But I remember there was a time that I didn't really follow what my customer was saying by what they were purchasing. I was just like deciding what products and things to offer. And I think once I really figured out to follow the patterns, and again, numbers really help with this to see like what's doing well and taking time each month to look at that and adjust where necessary, like that has been so much more helpful for me now because I can quickly change and pivot um, by watching that and have better sales. So I spent so much time like creating all these new things instead of paying attention to the patterns of what people were like purchasing. Yeah, that's that's actually really good because I think we get bored as the maker side of, well, we've seen this pattern over and over again, or we've seen smelled this scent over and over again and uh, want to switch it out or think that our people need it switched out. But I like that you say like, follow the pattern that your customers are saying, not that you feel. Yeah. Because yeah. I do think that creatively you want to switch things up all the yes. time, but I don't know if that's what your customers want. Nor and that's a great point. I'm actually going to throw Kelly under the bus a little bit at the Merc because she, we have a joke because she'll always come up to my shelf and be like, oh my gosh, peach tea, this new scent. I love it. And I'm always like, that scent's red ears. <laughs> and she, every single time she comes to smell a candle, she's like, this new scent is so good. And it's always like one that's been around, but it's such a good reminder for me because I, I think we, as the business owners, feel like we talk about everything all the time and everybody knows everything that we have and what we offer. And that, and I mean, she owns the store right next to me. So we're literally together all the time and she does, she doesn't keep track of the sense I have. So I think yeah. that's a good reminder to like constantly cycle through what you're talking about and keeping it in front of people and like mm-hmm. don't feel like because you posted about something one time or emailed about something one time that everybody's going to always remember and keep that at the front of their minds like it's good to keep those mm-hmm. things in front of people yeah and like I think of myself in patterns certain patterns certain fabrics that I get bored of and want to switch it out and think people want me to switch it out but then like Jenny's saying they're probably one of my best sellers And so if you have that urge creatively, maybe just redo pictures or, Mm -hmm. you know, get up to date uh, videos instead of switching out the product. Yeah. Or Um, I'm thinking of one in my head specifically that I know was a bestseller and I took it away. And I do feel like that kind of messed up that listing too. If you have an Etsy shop where uh, Etsy is kind of your search engine, taking a product away can mess up how people find you. That's a good point. Yeah. And you've taught me too about, so how I said, like, if you post about things one time, but not even that, just like changing what you're talking about it. So maybe one day you're showing Mm -hmm. um, how you wear it or use it in your house. The other day I'm showing like the ingredients that go into the cleaner. And then another day I'm showing like things Mm -hmm. I use the cleaner for. So like you can make things feel like you haven't talked about them by just talking about mm-hmm. all the features of them and not just like, here's this picture of this thing. <laughs> right. Go buy it. Um, I, I would, along those lines, I would, I wish I would have 
hired someone like Miranda. Shout out Miranda because <laughs> we talk about Miranda a lot. But early on where she helps you kind of dream up your marketing and not necessarily social media, other marketing aspects like finding your target market. Mm-hmm. I think that niching down that target market from an early stage would be really, really helpful. And she also would help make sure your pricing is is where it should be to make a Oh, profit. gosh. That's a great point. I was terrible at pricing. My first candles were like Seven fifty, like my huge candle is fifteen dollars or something, and I it probably cost me like ten to make. So at pricing, that is something you want to nail right away. And I know it feels counterintuitive because you're like, I'm new at this, I don't know what I'm doing. So you feel like you want to give people these deals, but when you start mm-hmm. off at a good price, then no one's ever gonna feel like you're constantly raising your prices so like get get it at the right right price and be like yeah this is the price and don't Mm -hmm. feel uh, be unapologetic about that because that's what the price is and if they want it Mm -hmm. they'll buy it right and in times like right now where we're in moments of inflation and people are kind of more hesitant to buy gift items having your ha- your items priced where you're getting paid and like at a good amount allows you to run those 20% off sales or buy one get one free or whatever you're doing because you know they're priced well enough that even if you take off a 20% like you're still going to be getting paid and paid for your time so that's something that I've thought a lot a lot about lately just talking to a lot of people I've talked to Jen I've talked to several people that own their own businesses that, you know, it's kind of the gift market is being hit kind of hard right now. Um, And we're not going to deep dive into the (laughs) why, but like, I think people are just nervous. And so they're kind of holding on to more of their money. Um, And so, but there's those of us that still need to also make a living, Mm -hmm. even though we sell gift, gift items. So being able to kind of work with that and manipulate it and uh, do run those sales that get people in and buying your items, you have to make sure you're priced well. And I wish I would have gone back and told the me that opened my store that like price. Me too. At the same time, at the same time of saying that you, we've talked about this too, of like how much more expertise and how much better your product is, the more you're into it because you've perfected it. Um, but I still wasn't making enough to cover the time that I was pouring into. It was very much like you said, Jen, a hobby at that Mm -hmm. point. But I also don't think the time I was pouring into it was hobby, if that makes sense. I was giving it a lot of time, but it was very much a hobby. Yeah, I think I also wish on a practical level something I knew starting off um, was that it's okay to take breaks and like create your own schedule because there were times where especially Mm -hmm. when Illuminate Space started getting successful and growing I would like make sure that was running smoothly at the expense of myself or my family and while 
that isn't to say like there are sacrifices you'll make with your small business. And that's an ongoing conversation in our family that I I really appreciate that my husband and kids understand that sometimes my schedule is a little wonky, but it also frees us up to do some other things that maybe if I had a traditional nine to five job, we wouldn't be able to do. So I'm not saying that because I know there is a sacrifice, but also just like it's so how do I say this? Like there were times I would let um, well-meaning customers like dictate my time. Like if they sent me an email, then right away I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have Mm -hmm. to make sure this person is happy where I might've been in the middle Mm -hmm. of my day doing something with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that has something that I really had to get thick skin through the way, or even just have a good separation of boundaries of like, I am not going to answer customer service emails during this time and this time or whatever. And just know that that's okay. Like you want, we are a personal um, shop and we, so we are serving our customers, but we also don't work for them. Like we can decide Mm -hmm. when um, is appropriate to like help them or solve an issue or not, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like I can yeah. decide that. I think, yeah, and I think because, um, I think because Jenny has a little bit more, in my opinion, with a brick and mortar, you have more of an established schedule. Established schedule of this is when I'm away from home. This is when I'm answering these emails or whatever. Whereas I would say having an online business. I think it can be kind of murky of um, I need to work 24-7 because every dollar counts kind of thing of like, oh, you know, I have 30 minutes that I'm just chilling outside. Let me let me do something on social media for my business instead of saying like I've finished my allotted work time that I had set for today and I'm just going to give it up for the evening and spend time with my family. I think that that's... Um, I think that's something I'm still working oh, on. Oh, me too. That actually just happened yesterday. I feel this on sun- the Sundays that Susie's working the shop and I'm not home. I definitely feel this for some reason still of like there's so many things because Sundays are kind of like a lazy day for our family. Usually everybody's mm-hmm. home because there's usually not sports stuff happening. I don't know. I just feel like we're right. m- most of the time home every other Sunday when I'm not working. And there's this like weird energy I feel of like I can't lay around. There's so much like computer stuff mm-hmm. I should be doing or this. Mm-hmm. I'm actually home to do these things. I'm always like do this, do this, do this, like that list you keep adding to. And so um, mm-hmm. that that's something I'm still learning. I had to like audibly tell myself <laughs> yesterday like, Jenny, it's I don't have to do that stuff tonight. Like there is not going to be like a chill. huge change in my business if I mm-hmm. don't do the, it for six hours. And so that I, – yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. that's the like – that's the rub with doing something you love is you could do it all the time and you have to tell mm-hmm. yourself like it's not healthy to do it all the time. Right. And I do think there is an element of being a woman or a mom – or if you're the primary caretaker, whatever that might look like, of we've kind of programmed our minds that you can multitask and you can do all of these things at all the times. 
when that's actually not a good place to be seven days a week Mm -hmm. of like, so I think, but it's, I think you have to learn that too of like, yes, it's okay to take a chill day. And I do think that that's something um, like our sister, I mean, Ellie still panics when she's not at work. So she still thinks about work and, and oftentimes does. But when you have a nine to five job, like I would kind of argue maybe before COVID, it was a little bit different when you didn't do so much remotely that you really did kind of get to shut off leaving leaving work between the work times. Um, and I can't say that confidently because I I did work corporately for a dental office before I had kids. And it was very much like that. But a dental office is so different than someone running brokerage deals. So <laughs> sorry, Ellie, if I'm making up that you can turn it <laughs> off. Um, but I, I will say after working in a dental office, I, you can't bring anything home. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally HIPAA won't let you talk about things at your house that happened at the office. So I think for me, that was like kind of, I went straight from working in dentistry to having a baby and had to work all the time. I mean, manage that all the time. So I don't remember a time where you did have like a shut off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember so I, that I either. That's we- and, I don't, and I don't know. I don't know if that's a caretaker thing. I don't know if that's a women thing. I don't know if that's a our generation thing. I don't know if that's a we've always had computers thing. But yeah, that's something I would for sure tell her is like establish good boundaries around your time. Yeah, and I someone told me something helpful. Um, maybe I've said it on here before. Um, when my workshop was at my house, and it might have been even especially during COVID time when we were just here all the time. So I was like constantly making candles, and I really struggled with this, not like stopping because it was right there. And the boys were older; they were doing their own thing. And like I remember the family be watching um, the NFL draft during COVID. And so they were like literally right outside my workshop. And I was like, well, I'm just going to pour candles while this is on. And there got to be a point where I was like, I have to stop and I can't stop. And she suggested um, like doing something in my body that makes me, my mind know it's done. And so she would say at the end of the workday, so whenever you decided that was to like go at, like leave <laughs> leave your house, your workplace, and like walk around the block or something and come back. So you're like getting into habit of you are leaving your workplace and coming home for the day. Hmm. And I did that for a while because there is something, it's like a mindset shift of you are, mm-hmm. there's something about that pe- when people can leave a physical workplace. And now I feel that more that it, my workshop is not in my house. Mm-hmm. Like you leave it and it's a right. little bit easier than while I still struggle with like computer work and stuff, but I can't make candles mm-hmm. at my house. So mm-hmm. it I was going to say, you have, you have your computer, but you don't have your melter. You don't have your right. Right. I can't jars, make nothing. Yeah. Like you'd, cause even when I had wildflower, I had a machine at wildflower, but I also had a machine at my mm-hmm. house. So it did feel like working a lot. So that's, that's very interesting. I, I like that. I know I did. And so it's like, leaving, <laughs> I'm leaving the office. <laughs> Time for my walk. I'm leaving my office. <laughs> and I mean, this was COVID. That's so sometimes hilarious. I would take my little, like, Michael was making margaritas a lot during that time. And I would, like, take a margarita, go around the block. <laughs> I love I that. Know. It was helpful. If you feel like you're a person the- that needs, like, like a ritual, 
to help yourself stop mm-hmm. that that was really helpful. Yeah, and actually I got similar advice for starting work in the morning of um like do not walk in. It wasn't like go outside and come back <laughs> in, but it was uh <laughs> like do your morning stuff in your house that you need to do for yourself, for your kids, getting dressed, brush your teeth, whatever. Um, do all of that and do not enter into your office until it's time to work. Don't run in and grab a shipping label to put on something. Yeah, like, that's good. Don't, the office is closed until you've decided it's time to work. And that's something I've had to put in my mind of like, okay, at 8, 8, I need to have everything done by 9 a.m. because from 9 to whenever I want to be in my office working. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, which again, changes as your your family dynamic changes. But um, yeah, there's so many things I would go back and tell her. I would probably tell her that you're going to have a business podcast that you help people <laughs> do their do their thing because wow. I know. I love it. Did you see... Um, I posted a reel of us on our walk because when I was in Illinois, mm-hmm. Jenny and I went on a walk every night with her dogs. Yes. We need we to tell our of each other on our walks. With well, our dogs. I know, and we need to tell the like little fun fact with the pink harness. So uh, yes, so my I have a male dog Murphy who now has a pink but, harness, which I'm totally because fine he's with. all white fur, and <laughs> I have Lucy who's a husky with all white fur, and I had bought. A hot pink harness for her, but it was too big. It was extra large, and she needed a large, so mm-hmm. I had the large too. And I was like, and I tried. It didn't fit my dog Morley, so it was just sitting there. And I was like, Christina, you should take the hot pink harness, and then your white haired dog can take a picture of it mm-hmm. with mine, and that'll. And so yep. I've, we've been sending pictures back and forth of our yep. white dogs with their hot pink harness. Yep. <laughs> Yes. And so I posted this reel of us walking and said, like, what would you be talking to us about on our walk? Because Jenny and I talked about the podcast, we talked about business, we talked about life, whatever. And um, the people's comments were so great. Yeah. Did you read yeah, them? Yeah, I did. I, lo- I liked uh, Haley's yeah. <laughs> uplifter sticker, which was like, well, oh, we yes. did nothing to like, accomplished. <laughs> accomplished with our, yes, with our uh, overstimulation, our... Attention deficits. Um, yeah, no, those comments were really good. And I loved that people were like, this is what I would be telling yeah, you. Yeah, and we, that's, yeah. That's so we're we're working on creating something where we could do that with each other, all of us. Yeah, we're talking in, together. Yes, just like, just like we talked to you guys about planning your business. We're planning some stuff for the podcast and what that might look like. Um, here in the next few weeks, and one of the things is a community mm-hmm. where we can just Facebook like, page. I say Facebook hesitantly because Facebook is uh, I know not ideal for everybody, but just like a community page where, uh, while Jenny and I love to be there for everybody, and uh, we get a lot of questions on Instagram DM to us and what we would do in certain situations. Like it's always great to have collaboration and hear from people. Um, in the same spot as you were in the same niche yeah. or whatever. So we're hoping that's coming soon. So be on the lookout on our Instagram for that because we'll, of course, be posting updates there. Um, but before we go, Jen, we got to talk about what are some of the things we wish we had known before we became boy moms? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Which 
Jenny and I have six boys. Six boys. And we us. only have us um, sisters. So, like, we had zero experience. Mm-hmm. We did not know boys. We didn't no, really, like – not None at all. Nothing. Yeah. I'm trying – I mean, we had neighborhood friends that were boys, but still a lot mm-hmm. of girls, too. So, we just, like, didn't know boy stuff. Mm-hmm. So, it, I remember mm-hmm. being very excited mm-hmm. when I found out Trevor was a boy because mm-hmm. I wanted to have boy stuff. But then – I did go through like a mourning period each subsequent mm-hmm. pregnancy just because, mm-hmm. I mean, we don't need to get into all of it, but I think society favors having baby girls, especially when you're a girl, like that moms well, need daughters. Well, not even baby girls, but having a mixture of Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, Because I think girl moms would say the opposite of like, Society favors boys. Yeah, I, I guess it's, it's – I think it's – People that come at your family have opinions about the gender. The mixture is right because those, uh, those were the comments that were most hurtful to me. Like when I was pregnant with uh-huh. Simon and people would ask and they'd be like, oh, like another boy. Like, yeah. like I was missing something yeah. from not Poor having you. a daughter, which was also yeah. already such a wound for me. So that was hard. And so what I wish uh-huh. I would have known – because now, so my boys are 12, 15, and 17. And I love having teen – like, I love it. And and while I would have loved any child, any gender, however that spun out, I I wish I could have comforted myself in that time and been like, it is going to be great. It's going to be It's going to be fine. great. You're not yeah. going to feel like you're missing out or lacking anything. Your family is exactly mm-hmm. what it was meant to be, as each of our families mm-hmm. are. I wish I could have been like, oh my gosh, it's just so much more than mm-hmm. gender. Mm-hmm. Well, and I wish I would have known too that, and I think this comes with progression of life when you know people, but every single human's personality is mm-hmm. different. Like there, it's such a spectrum and it's like there is no this is what this person will like. This is how this person will be. And so I think when you're having those babies, people are so in the box yes. of like, yes. this is what a boy looks like. This is what a girl and looks like. And this is like. what it means and for their life. Don't, yeah. And you don't realize like, no, I can actually have all of that regardless of yes. the gender of my kid because they're all going to be very different personalities. Um, like I have one – boy who's like super nurturing and like that's one thing people don't say right is like oh you know you're not gonna have like they're all gonna be rough tumble like there is an element I will say to testosterone of they've got to get it out (laughs) so they're going to wrestle they're going like I remember the first time they like just hardcore wrestled on the trampoline they were probably I don't know six five three just hardcore wrestled like where I was kind of nervous and my husband like put his hands like in front of my chest because I was going to go stop them and he was like no 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 like they just have to fight it out and they're good so like that kind of stuff I wasn't like I I wasn't prepared for I didn't I I think of Jenny Ellie and I would fight for days (laughs) days and it would be like really harsh words now Ellie and I were more like (laughs) towards each other because we were only 18 months apart but I mean we would just hold this grudge for days and it could just be our family like I don't even want to say that that's a girl (laughs) thing but the boys like literally will just like 
punch it out and be good. And they're older now. I don't know that they like fist fight. They don't. It's not like when they were toddlers. I mean, but, I feel like um, mine are kind of rough with me. We'll get mad at each other <laughs> to get there. Yeah, like, they are. Yeah. That sometimes I don't think they realize their strength, or yes. they do, and they're yeah. just little. So that- well that's yeah that's I would say like everybody and that's what I some a lot of people um because Jenny and I have been open and transparent about our gender disappointment that we both had um people will come to me who are now having like their second or third kid and are um you know sad about and I think there's something there too where like people like you can't be sad it's a healthy baby but you both can be true. I think Jenny says that all the time. You can be both mm-hmm. and. Like it can be like, I'm so excited that I'm having a healthy baby and it's coming into my family, but I'm also sad that it's not what I had hoped as far as what you think right, it's going right, to be right, like relationally. Right. Um, but I feel like all of that, you figure out all the relational stuff when you actually get to know yeah, that human yeah, and, it's, and who yes, they are. It's just so, so wonderful no matter how it turns out to be. And again, I think that's a lot of work both Christine and I have done on even what we believe about gender and those things. So right. like, yeah, and I just can't. Fitting it into exactly. a box. Exactly. I can't even um, imagine anything else for our families. There are things though, like my kids will go outside to pee instead of going to the Half bath. Oh, do you yes, do that? Yep, mine will go outside. Or let's talk about the half bath or their bathroom. Oh, no, I don't go up there. I went up there yesterday for the first time in. Yeah, I never I, use their bathroom. I, it's, I came it's downstairs. Terrible. It's terrible. Is that because they pee standing up? I don't like. Know. Why is it, it is so bad? So bad. It's gross. Though, okay, so I remember my boys. It's really gross. I guess again, I can't generalized because I know this isn't every boy but I actually remember going to Tyler Christina's husband's college apartment <laughs> and he lived with I don't know like oh. four boys, five boys I don't know yeah and I remember being like oh my god like are they yeah. unaware of a, uh-huh. so yeah I don't yeah. And, and I that's interesting because my oldest Trevor is very like organized his room is always but their bathroom is just a disaster. So I don't know. That must just be like a yeah. peeing thing, and like where you pee. They I were like know. keeping. The, and oh like, yeah, I, I forgot about that. I feel like, and I feel like <laughs> when tooth? you can filter your kids' like weirdness, and um, when you can filter their even their like disrespect and things like that, they're Jenny and her husband and me and my husband had this conversation where they're like, it's always to be funny. Oh, yeah. Like, if you look at the motive behind anything they, they, they say or do, whether it's right or wrong or whatever, it's to be funny. And so you kind of, like, when you can filter it through that, I feel like that's made it a lot easier the last two weeks when my kids say something and I'm like, okay. I know. They, 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 they really like, want it. They just want attention, humor. And wise. I think it's because um, their dads are really funny. I think it's really com- funny. Comedy yeah. is just, like, Mm-hmm. A thing for mm-hmm. all of them. So yeah, and the yeah. comedy is usually yeah. at the expense of Christina and me. So we just. Okay. <laughs> but what I was gonna say is Jenny's seventeen, almost eighteen year old <laughs> was keeping the littlest one, which I say littlest. He's in seventh grade. He lost a molar, and, and he was like keeping, keeping it this tooth. In the bed. <laughs> 
on the bathroom. Uh, I don't know if you can call it the counter it because counter. it's like filled. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Whatever that table but so is. That's the thing where you're like, well, that's weird and disgusting. But like, it's all because he like thought it was. And I like threw and, like, away the tooth or something. Funny. This was when you were here, right? Oh, no, mm-hmm. this is – mom no. was here for this. Mom? And I would uh, – mm-hmm. she was cleaning the bathroom. I threw away the tooth. I was like, what is this tooth in here? And he, like, went bananas <laughs> and fought me for the And, though, yeah, those are the things I'm like, I never knew I would fight my son someday for a tooth of my other son. For that a has tooth been sitting of on the other bathroom counter. Of your other son. Yeah. And I'm sure when people listen to this, one, if they're still <laughs> here listening, wow, hi. Um, but I'm sure we'll get comments from people who have all the different genders, all the different personalities be like, you know, this definitely happens. It's, it's just kids, kids are the best general, and we've all been there. Kids are the best. All right. Well, I really do love them. I do too. They keep us, they keep us young and vibrant. And they are, they um, have well, helped hope- us grow. Like, like you were saying, mm-hmm. everything we've learned they've pretty much taught us in a way of being a mom mostly yeah so shout out to them um if you are a brand new business or dreaming of a business hopefully this helped you kind of know some things to look into pretty much everything we mentioned we have episodes about Mm -hmm. so if you have questions about taxes or pricing or um time management like we have episodes for those so hopefully you don't have to make all the mistakes that we made um and we hope that if you're a veteran business owner if you've been doing it a bit that you can look back and see growth too that things that you wish you would have known sooner but yeah you found out how to do it and are now in the groove so we will see you guys next time If you love the podcast, we would love if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together. For more content, go follow us on Instagram at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love following and supporting other small businesses. And if you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on the podcast, visit smallbusinesssisterspodcast.com.